This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 27, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. It was anticipated as elected leaders and school administrators closed school doors, but it's still a devastating fact. Large declines in reading and math scores on the National Assessment of Educational Progress. Cato's Colleen Hronsich discusses what it should mean for parents going forward. It was definitely anticipated that there would be declines and pretty significant declines. But even with that, I think that the level shocked a lot of people. It's the biggest decline in math since the NAEP testing started back in 1990, and reading levels have fallen back to 1992 levels. So I think that while it was expected there'd be steep declines, the magnitude of those was shocking to most observers. In terms of policy responses, I mean, this has been characterized by people on the right as, well, this is what you get for having closed schools for so long. Uh, how do you think about it? I think there's more at play than that because there you can't have remote learning or vir- you know, virtual classrooms that work quite well. I think what happened here was a lot of times it was remote instruction that was kind of by the seat of their pants. And that was understandable in the very beginning. But then it lingered too long. So classes stayed closed, even when a lot of schools were reopened. A lot of the, especially more of the public schools. And there is a lot of evidence that the teachers' unions were big drivers of this. And you had schools like the Catholic schools, which is that's the only private school whose scores are broken out in the NAEP. They tended to be to reopen much earlier, and and they had better results. So um, there is. There's evidence to point to the fact that having the remote instruction played a role in this, um, but it wasn't the entire story. I can imagine that parents who have seen this play out and are concerned about how their own kids uh, have performed and the the extent to which they might be behind uh, in uh, learning various skills that they'll need in adulthood, that many of them are sort of apoplectic. They don't know what to do. So what should be the so what should be the sense that parents take away from the fact that we've seen this decline, even if it was widely anticipated? Well, there certainly does seem to be a cause for concern. Peggy Carr, who is she's the commissioner for the National Center for Education Statistics, and they are the ones that administer the NAEP test. And she had said that typically they are concerned with a one or two point decline. And in a lot of tests, like math overall, there was an eight-point decline. So definitely worthy of concern. And I think for parents, what they need to do is really start demanding that policymakers fund their students instead of funding the systems. That way, if a if a parent, if they want remote options, they can get that. Or if they want the in-person options, they can get that. If their children are behind in reading, they can get them help in reading. If they're behind in math, they can get them help in math. So really doing the monopoly you know, school district-wide system and focusing all of our efforts there, that's not really going to solve the problem for individual children. Drilling down just a bit, what is the relationship? How should we understand the degree to which this learning loss, as it's called, was driven by school closures? There's definitely a relationship, it seems to be, in terms of schools that had 
more prevalence of remote learning or states that had more prevalence of remote learning had bigger falls. Um, Dr. Marty West, who is with Harvard's Graduate School of Education, and he's also a member of the NAEP Governing Board, he analyzed this relationship between, he focused on eighth grade math scores and the prevalence of remote instruction within states, and he found a statistically significant negative relationship. And that really does suggest that students lost more ground in the states where remote instruction was more prevalent. He said it's a kind of a weak association, but it was a significant association. And other studies have found similar results. On the flip side, the Catholic schools, which tended to open much earlier than public schools did, saw much better results, and not just across the board, but within specific student groupings as well. So I have heard from my uh, regional school district and adjacent school district to where I live, uh, at least one member of a board of education essentially pre-budding the release of this information, knowing that it would be negative, saying, hey, these tests don't really tell you anything anyway. So and nobody's going to mention that when these test results come back. Well, it's true. I mean, I certainly would agree that the tests aren't everything. But to say that they're nothing isn't true either, because at the very least, it tells us trends. And when the trend is across the board significantly down, to say that that doesn't tell you anything just seems absurd. So this isn't like an SAT or even a state test where you know, you're getting your individual results. This is specifically designed to look at the system as a whole. And what it's telling us is the system as a whole fell short. And when a system as a whole is falling short, what do you do? Switch from a system focus and put it on an individual student focus. That seems to be a pretty clear answer to me. Especially when you have, you know, the schools have gotten around $190 billion to deal with these problems, and 90 plus percent of the funds that came through the biggest of those packages, the American Rescue Plan, still haven't been spent. So the money is there. The system isn't effectively spending it. Let's take those funds and let student put them towards students, let them find the help that they need, and then likewise, moving forward at the state level, fund students, stop funding these systems that just they can't pivot when they need to pivot. They can't meet the individual needs of students. I, I, I've I never liked the assignment of like grades to a school or the assignment of a, uh, you know, using a national test score, a statewide test score to say this state has done badly. This state has done relatively well because no individual parent cares how well a school performs, they care how well their children are doing at attaining various skills that they will need as adults. Right. What's happened is because people don't have choice in most of their educations, the government has resorted to this like test-based attempt at accountability. And you're right, that doesn't work. That's not what parents are concerned about. You very rarely see, other than SAT scores, private schools advertising their test scores because it's not the thing that parents are looking for when they're evaluating a school. But it's what, you know, what policymakers have come up with as some attempt to drive accountability in the public schools. But it's a weak attempt because there's really not any recourse. So you can be assigned <laughs> to a school that has had failing test results for generations. And if you don't have other options, then knowing that that school had bad test results, what does that gain you? 
Colleen Hronsich is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 